Gamecock Nation, we have finally made it. Come 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time tomorrow night, it'll be time for Carolina football. Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we have finally made it. Tomorrow will be officially the first game day of the 2022 football season for our South Carolina Gamecocks. So for today's show, it's going to be all about the Georgia State football game. I'm going to go over one main thing that I'm going to be watching for tomorrow's game, which is more of an external factor, more so than an in-game factor. In the middle portion of today's show, I'll go over my three keys for the game. What I think South Carolina is going to need to do in order to win this game. And then the final segment of today's show, I will give my final prediction on what I think is going to happen against the Georgia State Panthers Saturday night in Williams-Brice. You also may notice I do have a ticker on the bottom of the screen if you're watching the show on YouTube today. On the ticker is a bunch of different betting lines, spreads, over and unders for a bunch of college football games this weekend from Bet Online. My quick disclaimer, these lines obviously might not be the same by the time you actually go to Bet Online to maybe put in any wagers. And also, of course, please bet responsibly if you are going to bet on some of these football games. But without further ado, let's go on ahead and get on right into the action for today's show. So, What is the main thing that I'm going to be watching for this game in terms of an external factor? Well, there's really truthfully only one thing that I can point to, and that is the emotions that this game is going to have from both sidelines. So let's start off with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Obviously, South Carolina has a lot of reason for optimism heading into this season after Having a great finish to the 2021 season, coming off a 7-6 and six year after winning just six games combined between the 2019 and 2020 football season, South Carolina feels like that they are really on the uptick. And with good reason from what's happened this past offseason as they added a bunch of new transfers. Guys, of course, like Spencer Rattler, Austin Stogner, maybe some unheralded FCS players like Antoine Wells Jr. and Nate Atkins. A real hard-hitting leader on defense in Devonnie Reed. A guy that has a lot of potential up front in Terrell Dawkins. And, of course, a couple of accomplished veteran running backs from the college game in Christian Bill Smith and Dante Miller. There's a lot to like about what South Carolina has going for it right now. And that's why I feel like there should be a little bit of reason for concern heading into this game. Because the thing is, with a lot of these guys that I just mentioned, all of these guys have something to prove to themselves. When you look at some of these transfers, you look at a guy like Spencer Rattler, we all know the story at this point. Spencer obviously was a preseason Heisman Trophy favorite heading into the 2021 season for a few different reasons. Things did not work out. He did not have the season that he wanted, and he was even benched against Texas 
in their biggest rivalry game of the year, of course, for the Oklahoma Sooners, and never got that job back and would wind up transferring to South Carolina, where he is, I guess, sort of trying to resurrect his career and sort of, I guess, reintroduce himself to the college football world and show why he was so highly regarded for the last couple of seasons. So you know that Spencer Rattler is going to want to go out there Saturday night and really show everyone why he is still one of the top quarterbacks in college football, one of the most talented passers in college football. Guys like Antoine Wells Jr. coming from the FCS level. Listen, Antoine Wells was a second-team FCS All-American at James Madison. So there's no question, Antoine Wells has talent. But the one thing that a lot of people who maybe are detractors of South Carolina would throw out would be, well, that's great what he did stat-wise. But he did it at James Madison. He did it at the FCS level. He's now going to the SEC at the Division I FBS level. Can he actually maintain that same kind of production? Can he go up against better corners? Obviously, based on the comments that Antoine Wells had earlier this week, he seems like that he's a very, very confident football player. Someone that has a lot of confidence in his own abilities and what this team could potentially do. But it's one thing, of course, to say that. It's another thing to go out there and prove that. And so you know Antoine Wells is going to want to go out there and show that he can carry over the success that he had at James Madison over to the SEC playing at South Carolina. Devonnie Reed, obviously sort of the same deal, but at the group of five level. He played at Central Michigan for four years, was a real solid starter for them. I believe has around 280 total career tackles. So obviously a guy that in terms of just getting the ball carrier or receiver down is extremely productive. And now he's going to go to the SEC where he'll be looking to prove that he can still maintain his level of success, still be very productive, despite obviously the elevated competition that he's going to be facing. But then you got guys with injury history, Marshawn Lloyd, Austin Stogner, Sherrod Green, the first three guys that immediately stick out to me. All these guys have been dealing with injuries for one reason or another the last couple of years and maybe have not lived up to their full potential because of it or maybe haven't had a chance to showcase what they can really do when they're 100%. All three of these guys are going to want to go out there and showcase that this season starting in the Georgia State game. And then lastly, you have guys that are going to want to prove themselves to NFL scouts. You got guys like Zach Pickens, Cam Smith, Jaheim Bell. You look at any of the guys on this team and you are looking for someone that maybe is projected to be potentially a first-round draft pick this next April, or at least maybe could be drafted in the first three rounds. Those are the first three names that are going to get thrown out there. You might, of course, see Spencer Rattler in a few mock drafts in the first three rounds, and maybe a couple other guys as well. But these three have consistently, from what I've seen, been projected as sure-fire first-round, second-round, or third-round picks, no matter where you look. And Obviously, that's a little bit of added pressure because, you know, you want to make it to the men's league. You want to be able to play on Sundays, especially when you have such a stage like you do in the SEC. You're going to want to go out there and up your level of play. So the point is, it's all in terms of positivity, what these guys are wanting to go out there and prove to themselves and everyone else. You know, obviously, maybe Rattler has a little bit more of a elongated story right now in terms of how he's trying to write his college football chapter compared to some of these other guys. But all these guys are going to want to go out there and they're going to be very emotional. It's the first game of the year. They're finally going to be facing someone that isn't wearing garnet black or white on a practice field. And 
So they're going to be juiced up, and that's going to be normal because that's what happens with every football team for at least a segment of their first game in the college football season. And then you look at Georgia State. Georgia State's got 20 players on their roster from the state of South Carolina. You compare that to when they played Auburn in 2021, only four guys on that team were from Alabama. When they beat Tennessee and Neyland in 2019, there were only two players on the whole roster that were from the state of Tennessee. So you know that these guys are going to want to go out there and they're going to want to prove, maybe not necessarily to the current staff, but to the entire school as a whole, that, hey, I was a South Carolina kid. I did really good at whatever high school they played at. And despite all the testing times that I had, all the highlight reel type plays that I had in my career, none of y'all thought, I was good enough to be able to play at South Carolina. That's a different kind of chip to have on your shoulder as a college football player. When your home state team, one of the home state teams, snubs you like that. And again, I'm not saying, of course, South Carolina snubbed all these guys, but obviously they're all playing for Georgia State. None of them are playing for South Carolina. So obviously those guys are going to have a lot of emotions going out on that field because they're going to want to show that, you know, hey, I'm better than this four-star, five-star guy that you've got lined up across from me right now. So... That's going to be something to watch. And then, of course, Sean Elliott's having his homecoming. He called Columbia, South Carolina home as a coach for seven seasons. He he still has his family living in the city of Columbia, I believe, or around the city of Columbia, his wife and his kids. And I believe he even still goes to men's basketball games when South Carolina is playing at home. So Sean Elliott, make no mistake about it, still calls South Carolina home, his true home. But he does wear right now blue and white for the Georgia State Panthers. That is his program. And listen, he's going to want to show the entire administration at South Carolina, hey, y'all should have given me more of a look whenever you were looking for a head coach back in 2015. I did as good of a job as I could with the roster I had as an interim head coach. I should have been given a chance to build up this program. And he would have been honored to do something like that. But again, he's going to channel what happened from back then heading into this game. Like South Carolina basically told him, look, Sean, we appreciate everything you did for the program. You've been a very integral part of this coaching staff for such a long time. But we just don't think you're good enough to be a head coach here. You can bet every dollar in your bank account that Coach Sean Elliott is going to use all that energy, harness all that energy, have that permeating throughout the locker room with everything I just said about the guys from the state of South Carolina, or maybe guys that grew up as South Carolina fans that were from Georgia or Tennessee or North Carolina or even Florida. And they're going to use that as bulletin board material. All of them are from the top down. So that is going to be something that is going to be very interesting to watch in this game. Now, in just a few moments, I'll go over my three keys to the game for South Carolina in terms of their play on the field. What all happens during the game. But before I do that, I need to ask y'all a question real quick. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? You may or may not, but if you are, it's no big deal, right? You would be wrong about that because the truth is your reaction time slows down considerably when you are high. And you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone else around you. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and you will get a DUI. Welcome back to segment two of today's game preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 
the show where we cover Gamecock sports every single day. All right, now to kick off segment two, let's talk about the three keys for South Carolina within the game. Some of the things that I think they're going to need to do in order to beat Georgia State. Starting off with offensively, we need to stretch Georgia State's defense both horizontally and vertically in the passing game. Now, in my opinion, if there's one thing on this team that has not been highlighted enough overall outside of this fan base during this entire offseason and throughout the preseason, it has been the obvious increase in talent and depth at the skill positions on the offensive side of the ball. The weapons we now have in this offense should afford Rattler the opportunity to be able to stretch the field horizontally and vertically in the passing game. I do believe that Corey Rucker won't be able to play on Saturday night, but besides that, I think all of our skill position players on offense, at least, you know, especially the ones that are going to be in the rotation at each spot are all going to be healthy and ready to go in this game. Now, Georgia State, with their bend but don't break, 3-4 multiple scheme on defense, are going to try and dare Rattler to force passes into tight windows by dropping at some points eight guys in coverage and essentially try and frustrate Rattler. Now, There's no need for Spencer Rattler to fall for this, or Marcus Satterfield with his play calling for that matter. In my opinion, this is a good opportunity for the Gamecocks to really try and build up a rhythm for Spencer Rattler from the opening snap onward. I think that this should be a game where the Gamecocks incorporate a bunch of swing passes and screens. Basically, short passing plays where you get the ball out to the edge and make Georgia State's defenders have to tackle these guys in open space. See if they can keep up with the athletes that the Gamecocks have at the wide receiver, tight end, and running back positions. In my opinion, if the Gamecocks can successfully make Georgia State have to respect the short passing game, then this will automatically set up the intermediate to deep passing game in this ball game. Because if we're making a lot of plays happen on the edge, in the short passing game. Georgia State's going to have to start respecting that. They won't be able to just drop back eight defenders and have all those guys basically somewhere between five and, you know, 20 yards deep from the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to start sending guys up in the flats. They're going to have to keep their corners up close to the line of scrimmage. They'll probably have their nickels and linebackers looking more near the line of scrimmage, sort of eyeballing, looking to see, you know, Who could be someone that could get a pass in the open field where they're going to have to all of a sudden then plant their foot and take off immediately towards one of the sidelines on the field to try and make the tackle? If the Gamecocks can do that sort of thing, then I think that this could open up some potential play action. I think that the Gamecocks in the shotgun or in, you know, a single back formation under center could end up having some potential shot plays opening up because of those kind of plays. I think that the short passing games can be vital here. You do this in the first quarter, you build on that in the second, third, and fourth quarter. I think South Carolina's offense from a play calling perspective will be just fine against this defense. Now, my second key for this game for the South Carolina Gamecocks in order to try to win against Georgia State, they're going to have to maintain their pass rushing lanes and when bringing the heat or blitzing Darren Granger, Georgia State's quarterback, they need to they need to attack the interior of the offensive line. 
Quarterback Darren Granger is a solid athletic quarterback, and he might not get as much notoriety for his passing. But I think on passing plays, Granger could still affect this game in a big way. Since 2014, the season where things really started to fall off the rails in Steve Spurrier's tenure, I know I hate to open up old wounds, but that's just what it was at that point. South Carolina started to have significant trouble with dual-threat quarterbacks, and it sort of has remained that way since then. And Darren Granger is a solid runner. He rushed for 50 yards or more six times in 2021, including 122 rushing yards against Ball State in Georgia State's bowl game. And South Carolina's D-line is going to have to maintain their gaps and really try to evenly collapse the pocket against Darren Granger. This is going to be extremely important in this game. And when I say evenly collapse the pocket, I pretty much mean that everybody is working in unison. You don't have one guy that's, you know, just kind of bobbing and weaving with their head and body, trying to just either go inside or outside to basically get past the offensive lineman. And, you know, you have everybody that's taking consistent angles towards the quarterback, towards one point, I guess, back in the pocket. And if this defensive line does a good enough job of doing that, then it's going to make it harder for Darren Granger to be able to get away scot-free out of the pocket and take off running. Now, in terms of blitzing him, if I was Clayton White, I'm going to bring a lot of heat or a lot of blitzes from the middle of the defense in this game with South Carolina's linebacker unit to where you'll have six-man blitzes and force Granger to basically have to pick from one of these two options. One, roll out to his left or right from the middle of the pocket and allow Jordan Birch or Jordan Strawn, South Carolina's two bookend defensive ends in our defense, the chance to chase him down and either at least get a sack, maybe force an errant pass, or have him throw it out of bounds, South Carolina wins that play. The second option for Darren Granger at that point would be to get rid of the ball as quick as possible. This could lead to some turnover opportunities here because I think that South Carolina's secondary is going to have a significant leg up on Georgia State's wide receivers in this game. I think that Clayton White's going to have an ability to call a lot of man-to-man blitz type plays. And I think that that could force Darren Granger, who again is not the greatest passer in the world, to have to make some really good throws with a lot of pressure coming right at him from this SEC level defense. And honestly, I just don't think Darren Granger is going to be able to handle that if the defense can pull off both of these things. Now, the last factor, the last sort of key for this game for South Carolina, do not let time of possession get away from you in this game. Georgia State is going to run the ball a lot in this game. They have a variety of different ways that they do this. But the point being, probably about 65% of their offensive snaps are going to be called run plays. So if South Carolina's defense cannot get off the field, if they let Georgia State sustain drives, let them drive down the field, basically suffer a death by a thousand paper cuts, and Georgia State capitalizes on this, they wear them down, they... South Carolina's defense gets fatigued, and Georgia State scores some touchdowns in the red zone. That's one thing. But if South Carolina's offense goes out there, let's say, worst-case scenario, Rattler is, you know, for better or worse, rattled by the drop-eight coverage that Georgia State is giving him. He's having a hard time deciphering where he needs to throw the ball, looking for open receivers, and really sort of let that get to his head while he's sitting back in the pocket. South Carolina goes three and out a couple times in a row. You combine both of those things together, that is a nightmare scenario for South Carolina fans, in my opinion, because because the thing is, last year, this football team struggled a lot in terms of sustaining drives on offense while also getting off the field on defense, and 
if this team was to suffer this fate on Saturday night, there is no doubt in my mind that South Carolina's football team would allow those thoughts to creep back into their head. It would be like, oh, great. Here we go again. We're doing the same exact thing we did last year. And again, as much as Coach Shane Beamer and this staff would, of course, maybe try to keep their heads in the game to make sure that they aren't thinking about that, you could say it as much as you want. Coach Beamer can say that until he's blue in the face. He cannot actually get into the minds of these football players to know what they're thinking, what it is he has to say at a certain time. He just does not have that kind of ability. Nobody does, for that matter. So... South Carolina cannot let time of possession be a factor here. Otherwise, the defense will get fatigued. The offense, again, could get frustrated by the fact that they cannot somehow get past this Georgia State defense, which some of these guys might think they should be scoring about every other time against. And before you know it, this is now a ball game. And if anything, this is exactly the way that Georgia State would want this game to play out. Welcome back to the final segment of today's game preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. With everything that I have said up to this point in the show, it is time for me to give y'all my final prediction for this game. What is it that I think is going to happen here? Well, I will say this. I have given Georgia State a decent amount of praise this week, and I wanted to be perfectly clear I have not been doing that just because Sean Elliott is their head coach. I have not been doing that just because Jemias Williams is on that team and played for the Gamecocks for many years in his college football career. I'm not doing it because there's a lot of guys from South Carolina that are on their team. I have not let emotions dictate what my thoughts are on this game for one second this week. I truly believe this. This is going to be a really tough football game. If you think South Carolina is going to go into Williams-Brice on Saturday night and they're going to just score five, six, seven touchdowns and they're going to hold Georgia State to 14 or less points and they are going to blow them out of the water, essentially. I admire the optimism. I really and truthfully do. And I want to get on board with that. And of course, I would love to eat crow and see that happen. But I have to be honest with y'all. I don't see this game playing out that way. I think that by the time we get to halftime, this is going to be a 17-13 to 13 type game. I think that both of these offenses are going to have their struggles at the start, trying to sort of get a feel for what these defenses are going to do, maybe trying to see what their tendencies are, and basically play a feeling out game for the first 30 minutes. That's sort of how I see this game starting. And I think that there's a good chance that either team could be winning at halftime. Again, I think it could be like 17-13, maybe even 13-13, and it could be Georgia State or South Carolina. At the end of the day, I do think that South Carolina just has too much for Georgia State to overcome in this football game. Obviously, I think South Carolina, from an overall standpoint, does have a size and speed advantage, although Georgia State can match that at certain positions. I think, obviously, South Carolina has a talent advantage. I think South Carolina and Georgia State both bring a lot of experience to this football game, heading into this football season. But I just don't think that this season, compared to 2021, that football teams can face South Carolina with the idea of, We're just going to run the football, we're going to run it right down your throat, and we're going to dare you to try to stop that, and we're going to make your offense go three and out about every other time, and we're just going to wear you down throughout the course of the entire game. 
South Carolina is not going to have that happen to them very easily this year. I'm not saying there's no one on the schedule that can do that to South Carolina, but the likelihood of that happening as many times as it did last year is a lot smaller in my mind. And if there is a team on the schedule that can do that, I don't think Georgia State is one of them. I think that Georgia State, again, at first, may get the jump on South Carolina. Maybe South Carolina's defense at the beginning does underestimate what they can do with that rushing attack with Darren Granger at quarterback, with Tucker Gregg at running back, and of course, Jemias Williams behind him. I do think maybe that could potentially... I could see that happening. And in a way, I kind of think that will happen. But I think that South Carolina's coaching staff, if there's one thing that they did show from last year, they can make really solid halftime adjustments. I think that we are going to see that in this game. I think Clayton White and Marcus Satterfield, once they've got a full 30 minutes to see what exactly it is Georgia State's offense or defense is doing to their side of the ball, they'll be able to have a sit down at halftime. They'll be able to make the proper adjustments. And at the end of the day, the talent level and the coaching for South Carolina will be too much for Georgia State to overcome. It is going to be loud. It is going to be raucous. It is a 7.30 kickoff in Williams-Brice on Saturday night with new lights, with a lot of momentum, a lot of optimism for this program, maybe the highest level of optimism that we have seen in several years for this football program. And if this was last year's South Carolina team facing this year's Georgia State team, I would be a lot more worried about us losing this game overall. But at the end of the day, this is a different team in my opinion. I think South Carolina's got a lot more talent on offense. I think that they are out to prove themselves on defense, especially in terms of rush defense. And I think that this is overall a confident yet hungry football team from a player standpoint and coaching staff standpoint that is going to ensure that they are not going to overlook Georgia State in this game. Again, I think that Georgia State will make this interesting for the first half, but at the end of the day, I have a final score of South Carolina 34, Georgia State 20. I don't think there's going to be some sort of last-second touchdown that's going to make the game look a little bit more lopsided than it actually was. I think that South Carolina will pull away some in the third quarter. Georgia State will maybe have a last gasp in the early part of the fourth quarter, but South Carolina will shut it down overall. They give up maybe a touchdown or a field goal in the second half, and the Gamecocks end up getting out of this game unscathed, and they win 34-20. Starting off the season 1-0, heading on to Fayetteville, Arkansas in week two. So what are y'all's thoughts overall on this game? How do you think this game is going to play out? Do you think South Carolina could lose this game against Georgia State? Or do you think South Carolina could actually blow them out? And obviously, if you do think that, why do you think that would be the case? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts down below in the comments section if you are watching this on YouTube. But of course, if you are listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And once again, I appreciate all of you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every single day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview for 2022. This is an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season, combining the thoughts and analysis of both local team experts and NFL insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network. Search for your Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
But once again, y'all, that does it for today's game preview for the Georgia State game in week one. We have finally made it. College football season has officially arrived for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Hope that y'all have a great, safe weekend, and obviously hoping for a Gamecock W when we return on Monday. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>